Alright, alright, 1 John, everybody open your Bibles if you have them to 1 John. We're looking there this morning, we're going to look here for a few minutes. We've got a new setup here for those that missed last week. Um, we're going to teach a little bit, look in the Word a little bit here, and then uh, go to breakout rooms for discussion time. So, we're looking at 1 John for pretty much the next four months, so uh, get used to it. First John, we'll be here a while till through May. So uh, it's a great way to get to know the book during the week. Read First John as your devotions. Saturate yourself with First John. It's an awesome book, and uh, it's a great way for us to learn what it means to be junior high students, fifth or eighth graders in today's world. Uh, you know, it's interesting uh, when it comes to light. You think about light and the challenges when you don't have enough light. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a little uh, illustration going here. I don't think I have a blindfold, but we'll make it work. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask, uh, let's see, Davey. This is why I want to ask Davey is because uh, Davey was an MVP yesterday ice skating. This kid runs into a pole, knocks a tooth out, and keeps skating. It was really actually hilarious. <clears throat> Davey comes up to me. He comes up to me and, and goes like this, and I'm like, what's this? And he's like, that's my tooth. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, you're hardcore. Uh, so, Davey, the hardcore ice skater, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you go to the back of the room, just stand against the wall for a second. Um, and uh, I, was, I meant to get a blindfold out, but um, I'm going to trust you, Davey, that you're just going to keep your eyes closed. Oh, yes, look at that, right on cue, we have a tie, and he's going to tie that tie right to his face. Uh, which is probably better than tying it around your neck because I used to hate ties. I had to wear them growing up, and I just despise them to this day. Not that I don't like your tie. I think your tie is cool. Uh, so he's going to wrap Davey up and make sure he can't see and kind of hopefully have us give us an illustration. So now what I want you to do is spin Davey around about five to ten times. And then, Davey, after you're done spinning, I want you to make your way up to the stage is what I'd like you to do, Okay. All right, come on up, Davey. You can't use your hands. All right, you're almost there. You're close. Davey, you're messing my illustration up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, something, somehow, something tells me you can see out from underneath that. All right, now walk back off the stage and go to the back. Yeah, he can see. All right. Messed my illustration up. I'm going to tell you a different illustration because that one doesn't work. Uh, the point of that illustration was absence of light makes it difficult to see. But obviously, Davey's good at seeing out of the bottom of his eyes. Uh, I'll give you another illustration. <clears throat> when I was younger, I don't know if any of you have ever explored in the woods. Anybody, anybody explored the woods, kind of go out and... Uh, well, my aunt and uncle had a place, we called it out in the country because we lived near the city and anytime we went out there, any place that had horses, we considered that's the country, you know, anything that has wildlife, uh, not wildlife, I guess they were domesticated, I don't know. Anyway, we're out in the woods and we would go explore in these woods up in Pennsylvania and we'd go looking around and, and we'd find caves and these big boulders and when you're real little, you're just wondering how in the world did these get here and uh, your imagination's running wild, you know, cowboys and Indians and, uh, you know, random things. And 
shooting each other with stuff. And, and so one day I was out there exploring on my own. <clears throat> and even when it's like, I don't know if you've been in uh, the forest that is so thick, that even when it's like daytime, it's almost dark because the trees are so thick. And uh, when you go out into the woods in this place, I'm by myself exploring, and then I get turned around and I'm like, wait a second, where's everybody at? How do I get back to this house? It was a big family reunion we would go to. And how do I get back to this house? Because I can't see the house. I can't see any openings. And so it freaked me out a little bit. I was probably only like eight years old. So uh, it was a little scary. So I didn't start crying. Uh, Maybe a little. No, I did. I really did. Uh, So I'm looking around. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll walk because I think the road is this way. So I'll walk until I can see an opening to see some light because then I'll know there's a break in the woods and that would be the road. So I was really freaked out like, almost to the point of panicking, but fortunately I kept walking, kept walking, finally found the road, and I knew once I found the road, take a left and I'll see the house up there. Ended up being like a mile or so down the road, uh, my aunt and uncle's house. But the light that was missing really freaked me out. The darkness started to kind of overwhelm me as a, as a single, like small boy, eight years old, you know, with nobody else around me. <clears throat> that started to overwhelm me. Until I saw that opening. Until I saw that light. And once I saw that light, it was this overwhelming feeling of relief. This overwhelming feeling of, oh no, this is awesome. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to get eaten by whatever wild animals are out here tonight. Kitty cat. No, I well, maybe. Uh, So, there was a lot of relief. There was a lot of peace in my heart at that moment. And the point of that illustration is really what we're going to look into this morning is the light. What is the light? Who is the light? And why does that bring us peace? So look at 1 John 1.5. I think we have it up on the screen as well. God is light. 1 John 1.5, this is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. The Bible often refers to the light. It often talks about light. And any, most of the time when it's referring to light as a being, it's referring to God Himself. Shh, there you go, thank you. Uh, so it's important for us to think about God being the light. The, the point I think uh, John is trying to make here, one of the points is that He is the source and measure of all that is true. Light and truth, if you study the Word of God, light and truth often go hand in hand. They often mean the same thing. And actually you'll see in the, in the next verse where he, he goes into talking about truth. And it actually refers to truth and light are, 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 are tightly connected. And so the measure of everything that's true, the measure of everything that we know as truth is God Himself. As a matter of fact, you can't know, you cannot know truth. Lasting, eternal truth without God as your guide. Everything that is truth is made up in God Himself. So when you try to find truth and you try to find something for yourself and you see people trying to discover uh, meaning in life and you see them trying to discover 
how they can understand what's going on in their lives and give me some understanding and some clarity and some truth in my life. And if they seek after it in other things and they seek after it in other stuff in this world, then they will continue to fail and they will continue to search. And you find people their entire life searching. And the reason why they continue to search is they've never found the true light. They've never found the true source of ultimate truth, of eternal truth, which is only found in the light. The absence of the true light in our lives leaves us stumbling in a world of darkness. You think about that. Just like I was out there in the woods, I wasn't necessarily stumbling, there was enough light. But if it got any darker, you know, if it started getting down to where the sun was going down, I would have been tripping over everything. Without God's light in our lives, without the truth in our hearts, we will stumble in this world of darkness. This world is full of darkness. You don't have to look far. Turn on the news just one time. (laughs) Turn on the news one time a week. And you'll be so depressed, you'll never want to turn it on again. Look around you. Look at the headlines on yahoo.com. Most of the headlines are depressing. There's so many things that are going on in this world that are darkness. And it shouldn't surprise you. When you see that someone did something to their kids or abuse is happening or divorce takes place or so many different things that are out there that that trouble us and think, what in the world is wrong with people? It shouldn't surprise us. Because the absence of light, the absence of God Himself, the absence of ultimate truth leads people down a path of darkness that leads them to destruction. And if you don't have the light of God living in your heart, you will be on that same path, the path of destruction. And so it's a challenge for us to think about that God is light. And uh, there's a quote that John Piper gives on this that's really, really useful. It says, Our God, or, or I'm sorry, our goal of ultimate and eternal joy is secured in God because, because there is no darkness in God. That is, there is no lurking shadows in God. There is no hidden agenda, no small print. He is light, and in him is no darkness at all. You know, there's comfort in knowing that, you know, that God is light. In Him is no darkness. There's no surprises with God. Now, to you, they may be surprises. To you, you may be caught off guard. To you, that might be something that you didn't expect. But in God's eyes, that was His plan. So it's a comforting thing for me. I don't know about you. It's a peaceful thing to me to know that God has mapped out my life as a Christian, as His son, as His child. And so when I have that light in my life, it's a guide. There's no shadows. There's no uncertainty. Even with your parents, sometimes you may feel some kind of uncertainty when you're young and you see them arguing. Sometimes there's some uncertainty. Well, are my parents going to split up? Are my parents going to end up this way? There's these shadows. There's this uncertainty when you're dealing with things of the world, the darkness of this world. But when it comes to God and His light and His Word in your life, there's no surprises. There's no uh, uncertainty, there's no leeriness, there's no unsettling because God has it mapped out and He has a plan. 
And sometimes it seems like it's, you know, I have no idea, God, what you're doing. Sometimes it seems kind of crazy. But if you wait long enough, if you pray hard enough, and you, and you just sit there and be patient, the reality is you'll see he had it mapped out all along. He actually had this plan for you all along. God tells it like it is. You know, he tells you how it's going to be in his word. Unlike some of the uh, things you unwrapped recently at Christmas time. Think about batteries not included. Ooh, I missed that small print. Now I've got to go to the store and buy some batteries for my girls to put this dumb thing together so it makes noise that annoys me. Batteries not included. Some assembly required. Little fine print. There's no fine print with God. There's no little hidden agendas with God. He tells you in His Word. Guess what He tells you? Here's one that will slap you in the face if you haven't heard it yet. He tells you that your life, when you choose to follow God, when God calls you to Himself, your life will not be easy. What? Really? I thought everything would be great when I followed God. He tells you straight up, up front, prepare yourself for persecution. Prepare yourself to get made fun of. Prepare yourself to feel awkward. He tells you that in His Word. He doesn't promise things that are are just going to make you feel good. Now there are things that do make you feel good in God's Word. The fact that once you're His, you're always His. There's also things in His Word that really make you feel uncomfortable. Really? I'm going to have to suffer for your sake? I'm going to have to stand up for what I believe in? I'm going to have to even be ridiculed possibly? The disciples, they were facing death. Fortunately, most of you won't face that in your lifetime when it comes to Christianity. You may, I don't know, never know. But God calls you to follow Him and in Him is light. There's pure hope and joy found in the one true light. I think we have a slide of it. 1 John 1, 4-9. In Him was life and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. A lot of lights in there. (laughs) It's almost like like a tongue twister, but you see that John was sent, John the Baptist, he was sent to tell everybody about the true light. A lot of people thought he was, himself was Jesus. They thought he was the Savior because he was doing miracles and doing things that really blew people away. And John's like, no, 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 no. I can't even tie his shoe or lace up his sandal. That's how awesome Jesus is. Don't worship me. I've come to bear witness of this amazing light. Jesus himself, the Son of God. And I'm coming to tell you about this true light. So the second thing, first of all, we we looked at the fact that God is light. And then the second thing is the light exposes your lies. What, Tim? I'm not a liar. Yeah, you're a liar. I'm a liar too. So just as long as we just uh, figure that out now. Anybody in here not a liar? Anybody? Yeah, good. You made my illustration. Now you lied and you can call yourself a liar. So... We are all liars. Let's read why we're liars. 1 John 1, 6. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. All you have to do is read that verse and then conclude, 
I am what? A liar. I am a liar. Now, here's the problem. The, the concept here in this verse isn't necessarily what we're talking about. Okay, you sin and you uh, have a situation in your life where maybe you just act out in anger. Okay? And, and so you, you sin against somebody. You yell at them or you scream at them or your parents are arguing. And so it's this, this instant where it just overtakes you and you sin. What he's talking about here is a continual walking, more, more or less. A, a practice of darkness. A habit of living in darkness. Where it's a choice that you make to sin and continue in this sin. And you don't really care. You just keep doing it. There's no repentance. There's no pull to, to reconcile. There's no pull to, to confess. And it's just sin that you continue on that path. This Walking and continual walking in darkness. So the question is, what are you? Because sometimes I, I, I would say I'm a liar when it comes to certain things. But in here, I wouldn't say in my life that I'm on a continual path toward destruction in a certain area of my life. As far as sin goes and habits go and, and things that grip me. Usually the Holy Spirit, if I do something that's wrong, especially like when it comes to my relationship with my wife or my kids or my friends around me, when I do something, the Holy Spirit kind of shows me something. You know what? That probably wasn't right what you did. You need to, you need to confess that. You need to talk to them. You know, uh, cheating on that test, probably, not probably, not the right thing to do. So there's times in your life where you do something, looking at something on the internet that you weren't supposed to look at. Oops, I clicked on this, turn it off. Unfortunately, a lot of you are gripped by that, especially you guys. And you continue on that path in darkness. And you continue to walk in that darkness. You know what the Bible says about you? If you continue to walk in that darkness, you are showing that you're not part of the light. It can't be any more clear in this verse. Your parents can promise you all they want that you're going to heaven. But if you continue to walk in darkness, these habits of darkness, again, I want to make it very clear that if the Holy Spirit is talking to you and convicting you of that sin, and you feel that urging to confess, and you feel that is wrong, then there's a good chance that there's the Holy Spirit inside of you drawing you to repentance. But if you continue in a path of darkness and following that path and you feel nothing and there's no sense of confession, there's no sense of turning, there's no call in your life, even a a call in your heart to say, you know what, I need to turn to God right now and stop. Then there's an issue there. Guys, leave that alone, whatever it is. This isn't time to mess around. You know who you are, just cut it out. So it's important for us to get this. Because if you continue to walk in darkness, you lie and you don't do the truth. God's light is not in you. I read this thing last night. It was a perfect timing. I was actually reading a book for our parenting study tonight in our small group. But God does a unique thing where He teaches you in different ways from different avenues. And so I'm reading a parenting book. 
And it gave me this illustration that was perfect for this morning. Here's what, you know, he was talking about young people that associate themselves with church, like you guys. You associate yourself with a place. Here's the youth, Outback Youth Building, and this is the overflow student ministry. So you think because you align yourself, you associate with us, other Christians, that somehow your life is morphing into a Christian walk. And somehow, by being part of this, by praying, by reading the Word, that you somehow are a follower of Christ because you're part of a movement. You're part of a, a being, an existence of a body of believers. And this is what the book says. It was a really neat thing. He says, being a part of a youth group and being a part of a church and thinking that you're a Christian because you continue in that and you serve and you come and you help out and you go on mission trips and things like that. Being a part of that and and thinking that makes you a Christian is just like you sleeping in your garage for a month and thinking that makes you a car. You guys get it? Because this is what happens in youth groups all over the country and all over the world. Students come in and they get involved. They get pumped about the worship. They even start raising their hands. And they start singing. And they go on mission trips. And they get in small groups. And they start reading God's Word. They start praying. And they think, alright, I'm in. But the heart hasn't changed. God hasn't come in. The light, the true light, the true truth hasn't come in and started to change you. So that when you're living in that darkness, there's something that says, this is wrong, I need to change. Not I need to change to impress Jenna or Andrew or anybody else out there or myself. I need to change because this is not who I am anymore. I am a follower of Christ. I am God's son or daughter And this is not who I am anymore. You 8th grade guys get it? I don't want you to miss this. Associating yourself with us. I love that you're here. But I don't want to be the cause of you feeling that some way you're comfortable and you're part of Christ's church being a Christian just because you show up. And just because you're involved, and just because you go on mission trips. Because if the true light has come into your life, He overtakes you and overwhelms you and gives you a new life. And there starts to be changes. And again, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there are not times where you sin. I still sin. I still fall. I still do things that I'm not supposed to do, and I know I'm not, that's not who I am. But has your heart begun to change? Are your desires changing toward God? Because if they're not changing toward God, you're walking in darkness, you're lying, and you're not practicing the truth. You're not part of the truth. So it's a great challenge for you guys. And I'd love to talk to you more about that to understand what does that mean to be part of the true light? Your your interns, your adult leaders would love to help you explain that. And we're going to go to discussion groups in a minute and talk a little bit more about it. So as we wrap up, Ephesians, 2, 8, uh, Ephesians 5, eight. Ephesians 5.8 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. 
Walk as children of the light. Lecrae has a great uh, song uh, called Children of the Light, and it's a, it's a great challenge to think about who you're walking and who you're living toward. And the last one is, the light is the source of fellowship and cleansing. And I'm going to give you guys a chance to talk about that a little bit more in your small groups as we uh, get ready to dismiss. The light being a source of fellowship and cleansing. I think I have verse 7 up there. Is that up there or no? But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we know that and we see that, we see that His blood cleanses us. So it doesn't mean, verse 6, doesn't mean you don't sin anymore. There's a difference there between sinning and confessing and trusting that cleansing versus just practicing sin on an ongoing basis with no conviction from the Holy Spirit. There's two different things. And that's what I want you guys to talk about a little bit in your groups today. And uh, so I'm going to pray. And uh, I'm going to dismiss everybody except for the fifth and sixth grade guys because we need to divide you up into four groups this morning to help you better do discussion. Let's pray together. Lord God, hopefully you've convicted us all this morning about being liars. Lord, you are the light. Lord, I pray that these students will know that you're the light and that they will feel your light in their hearts to, to understand that there needs to be some kind of conviction. There needs to be some kind of longing for you if we truly follow you. Lord, I pray that you'll convict them and this discussion time will be profitable to help them understand that more this morning. In your name we pray.